Hello and welcome to Not A Scratch, the only podcast that believes that Scratch is an overpowered move. I am your host, Andrew himself, and this is the ARC 2 summary episode. We at Not A Scratch understand that there are a lot of episodes to listen to in order to catch up to the show. As a result, we wanted to create summary episodes, which, unsurprisingly, summarize arcs and make it easier for listeners to catch up to the current action. Some quick notes before we go into the summary. The summaries are broad overviews of each arc, and we highly recommend checking out each individual episode to get more details, references, and a better understanding of the overall story. If you're looking for major plot points, you've got them here. But note that this isn't going to talk about every single interaction our players have. The goal is to make sure you've got a good understanding of the events of the arc, and can jump into the first episode of the next arc without any major concern. For more information on the show and on us, check the end of the episode. This is the summary episode for Arc 2. The episodes were released from September 22nd, 2020 to February 9th, 2021, with a Q&A episode released on February 16th. Now that we have some experience with recording and releasing episodes, we're basically on a roll as we expanded the universe of the show. Our characters were moving to places that were new to them, and new characters were introduced to make the story even more interesting. Speaking of, what is this show? For those of you who may not know, this is a Pokemon Mystery Dungeon TTRPG actual play podcast. Pokemon, to summarize fairly quickly, is a series of role-playing games focusing on different characters traveling across a region, kind of like a country, as they try to accomplish whatever goal they have. The most popular version of the games, and the types that you're probably most familiar with, are where trainers train Pokemon as they eventually aim to become the champion of the region. These are your Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow, Gold, Silver, and so on. The most recent games as of this recording were Pokemon Sword and Shield, released in November of 2019. The Pokemon franchise has created a number of spin-off games that take the normal Pokemon formula and twist it in an interesting new way. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon has you become a Pokemon and tracks your adventure as a single Pokemon. The games show off a world of Pokemon and only Pokemon who build communities and thriving towns of their own. The TTRPG system that we use in this story is actually created by yours truly, and we've been improving the system throughout the adventure, which you might notice once you start listening to the episodes. Also, one quick note about the summary episode structure, the music will change when we change episodes. I'll be putting timestamps in the description of the episodes as well, so be sure to remind me if that's not the case. Now, without further ado, let's begin Arc 2. Just like the beginning of the first arc, the beginning of the second arc brings more adjustments to the system, which, frankly, doesn't impact the story much at all. Our heroes decide to travel to Thundertree City via train, both visit family, and meet with Sir Crit's brother-in-law to boat their way to Briny Breeze Island. While on the train, Ralph and Kyle discuss the mysterious message from Susie regarding an egg of some sort, but don't get much of anything as a result. As they reach Thundertree City, Ralph and Kyle find that their boats leave at the night, so they decide to visit their family. It's been a while. Ralph meets up with his mother, and they have a nice home-cooked meal. Ralph also somehow forgot that he has a bank account with a couple hundred poke chill in there, so that saves his nearly empty wallet from becoming completely empty. Kyle, before he heads home, goes shopping to restock his supplies. As Kyle heads home, no one seems to be in the house, which is confusing at first. Kyle's sister returns home first, much to the surprise of Kyle, as his parents were at some sort of parents' meeting. Later on, his parents return, and the family has a nice day together. That night, both Ralph and Kyle head to the boat to get going on their trip and meet up with the family running the ship, a Pelipper who goes by the name Captain, uh, his real name is Archibald but he's not a fan of that name so he goes by Captain, his wife Bianca the Farfetched, and their three Wingold daughters, Mia, Maya, and Pearl. 
Ralph and Kyle head to their own rooms and unpack before heading to the dining car with the rest of the guests. Included with the dinner are a choice of one of three types of desserts, a seed dessert, berry dessert, and apple dessert. Ralph and Kyle meet up with a few guests, including some FAMOUS people. Uh, to, to warn you guys, this is a joke I have to include, because we're talking about FAMOUS people, and that's part of the, uh, part of the joke anyway. Uh, as the night continues, Ralph heads straight to bed while Kyle walks around the ship for a couple of hours, checking out the boat's study and library. As Kyle flips through some pages of a book in the library with one of the guests, a Zangoose reading nearby, he hears a loud noise, but neither he nor the Zangoose have any idea what it could be. A few minutes later, the clear sound of thunder shows up as it begins to rain outside. The next morning, a Magnezone knocks on both Ralph and Kyle's door and starts searching Ralph's room. After a few loud complaints about the lack of a warrant, which Magnezone shows is signed by a judge, the Magnezone pulls out a large bag of stolen items and charges Ralph with theft. Ralph is, you know, stammering at this point as the Magnezone reads Ralph's rights. Funnily enough, on board the ship are a judge and prosecutor, and Ralph will need to find a defense lawyer as soon as possible as he gets set for his trial in a couple of days. Kyle, the defense attorney, is on the case. Kyle starts gathering evidence for this case, asking questions to the Magnezone, named Officer North, trying to figure out what could have possibly happened the previous night. As Officer North effectively guards Ralph, Kyle heads up and meets with Miles the Dartrix, the prosecutor in the case, as he's interviewing the captain and his family. Miles and Kyle have a friendly little chat, as it's very clear that those supporting the defense are the enemy from Miles' perspective, and Kyle gets a better understanding of the evidence going against Ralph. To be honest, a lot of it is flimsy at best, so Kyle quickly starts gathering evidence of his own to counter Miles' case. He meets up with a Zangoose from the previous night and goes to the Zangoose's room to investigate. Unfortunately, the only evidence he finds further incriminates Ralph, which obviously doesn't really help. Ralph, meanwhile, is pacing back and forth in his own room and eventually decides to leave with the Magnezone. As he leaves, however, he notices that his baseball cap and his power band are both missing. Afterwards, Ralph decides to head to the judge's room, thinking that those who haven't been broken into must have some clue at who did it. While heading up, Ralph notices two different things. First, a piece of paper on the floor showing a floor plan where each passenger was staying, and second, notices that the judge's room is a very sturdy door and looks very clean. The judge, a trevenant, opens and is remarkably nice, though a bit forgetful at times. The episode ends with Ralph even more confused as to what is going on in this boat. Ralph decides to try and call up Adam for advice about the whole situation, and Adam says he'll sort things out on his end and see what he could do. As Ralph exits the judge's room, he meets up with Kyle and Fran the Zangoose and begins to start talking about his call with Adam. The problem, however, comes when he decides to talk about this call out loud. Speaking about a call to some unknown person in an unfamiliar method is very confusing to Fran in particular, and after the world's worst time that one, Fran flips and decides to help the prosecution with the case. Officer North is also even more suspicious about the whole situation, and Ralph begins a multiple episode speaking fast. Ralph basically doesn't even talk for the next couple of episodes, out loud at least. Ralph takes a call from Adam, and Adam can only inform Ralph that someone on the boat seems to be covering their thoughts. Perhaps it's a dark type? The only problem is, there are no passengers on the boat who are dark types. Ralph, as he's no longer speaking out loud, writes a haiku informing Kyle about Adam's updates, much to Kyle's surprise. In the kitchen, Kyle finds out what Pokemon ate what desserts and narrows the suspects down more. They meet their first suspect, Indy the Fanfy, and get some more information about the previous night's event, including the fact that his door was cleanly broken off, which would take a powerful quiet Pokemon or someone with a power band. As they head to his room to investigate more, we learn that value wasn't the focus of the thief, as the explorer kit that Indy had stolen was significantly less valuable or rare than a big chest full of Indy's latest findings. 
Indy also offers our heroes the chance to explore with him once they reach Briny Breeze Island, assuming that they can get out of this mess. Kyle heads to Ralph's room, as no one has actually explored the scene of the crime, and notices the connecting door between Kyle and Ralph's room is unlocked. As they enter, and Kyle notices the same apple stickiness he noticed previously, Kyle notices a small golden ring on the ground. As Kyle starts to put pieces together, he has a light bulb moment, and heads to lunch with the others following behind. As Kyle, Ralph, and Officer North enter the dining room, Kyle decides to do an un-Kyle-like thing and heads to the microphone to announce the finding of that gold ring. Immediately afterwards, a blinding flash of light illuminates the room, and no one can see a thing. Kyle and some mysterious Pokemon wrestle over the ring briefly, and Kyle leaves a scratch mark on the presumed thief, but isn't able to tell who that thief is. With this new information, the gold ring is given to the officer, and our heroes continue to investigate throughout the day. They decide to meet Plank the Girder, and seemingly don't get a lot of information from him. Afterwards, they decide to talk to Angelo, the Alolan Sandslash, but don't get too much information from him either. As dinner approaches, the captain informs everyone that the trip is quicker than expected, and they will reach Briny Breeze Island the next morning. Kyle, looking around for any additional information, finds out that a few Pokemon have scratches, but the information still doesn't help to narrow things down enough. They decide to find out who the rich Pokemon are on the boat, as they're more likely to have a gold ring, and learn that the suspect is likely someone in one of the higher value rooms. At this point, Officer North informs Ralph and Kyle that the video footage that he's been processing this entire time is complete, and they can now examine this footage. While going through the night, they see that everything looks normal, until all of a sudden, the entire footage goes dark and restarts, with time definitely passing in between. North also mentions that the cameras are pretty high up, and it would be difficult to reach them unless you were a taller Pokemon. They go over the facts they have before tomorrow's case with each other, but still aren't completely sure who it could be. As they head to their rooms, they bump into a tall, fast-moving Pokemon in the dark, rushing past them. The next morning, Ralph and Kyle wake up, and both notice they've docked at Briny Breeze Island. Everyone on the boat exits and heads out to see Briny Breeze Island for the first time, an island paradise. If you want to picture the island, picture the We Fit Island. It's basically like that. As they check everything out, Officer North notices something odd. After checking Kyle's badge and comparing it to their own badge, North notices that Plank the Girder has a badge similar to his, a police badge. Which doesn't make any sense, as Plank has never been nor is he currently an officer. Ralph and Kyle, with North, start rushing to Plank to figure out what the situation is, and after some strategery, finds out that Plank's bag contains a bunch of broken glass pieces, like from an orb. Ralph and Kyle discuss the new information and notice that Plank has disappeared into a dark corridor, with no signs of exit anywhere. After this, Ralph and Kyle continue to head to their trial, but run into Fran and inform him that the badge was stolen by Plank. Our heroes head to the courtroom, which is on the side of the beach, apparently? All of the characters involved with the trial enter the courtroom and set up their materials, preparing for the trial. The trial that's been building up all this time is finally here. Time to see if Ralph can leave a free mon, or sentenced for his crimes. The trial begins with the prosecutor, Miles the Dartrix, giving an overview of the case. The defense lawyer, Kyle, gives a brief statement before the trial begins with Officer North rising to the stand as the first witness. As the prosecution builds their case that Ralph was the criminal, Kyle attempts to use varying pieces of evidence to suggest that another Pokemon was the real criminal, including the break-in in their rooms, the map of the boat, and that Ralph's own items are missing, if not stolen. The prosecution uses evidence, including the power of the Pokemon to break the door cleanly, the apple residue on the broken doorknobs, and the fact that Ralph was found with many of the stolen goods in his room, 
After hearing from Bianca the Farfetched and Friend the Zangoose, Kyle formally accuses Plank for the crime. After throwing evidence in Plank's direction, to the point where even Miles is on Kyle's side, Plank finally snaps and rushes to attack Kyle. Plank starts fighting Kyle and Ralph, along with Miles, and after Plank is hit for the first time, he transforms into a Zoroark. Ralph, in pure rage for having his power band stolen, Oko's the new Zoroark, who melts into the ground, leaving a ring of light in its place. The same ring of light that the evil force uses to signify themselves. Ralph also gets his power band back, but not his baseball cap. After a bunch of XP and saying goodbye to everyone, they head to the Boulder Stars with Indy the Fampy. As they head into the Boulder Stars, they head into the Guildmaster's room and find that it's a very neat and organized room, not a speck out of place. They also meet the slow-talking Carlos Costa the Caracosta, the Guildmaster himself, who assigns them both to work on their projects to improve their stats for the day. Ralph learns more about the Postal Service and the Golden Ring, but doesn't really learn much about the rings in general. They also get introduced to the rest of the Boulder Stars, and Kyle has a dream that night about one word. Egg. The next morning, Ralph and Kyle get up really early and head downstairs to find out that the island surfing competition is later that day. The Boulder Stars will be running security for the event, and it'll be an exciting competition. Ralph and Kyle and Boom, the Carablast, plan on guarding the area near the judges' table. There are three judges, a Gyarados named Rage, who is a member of the guild, a Swana, and a Swampert. The majority of the episode is the surfing competition itself, which is a fun listen, as we each take control of a judge and voice out our own opinions on the surfers through roles. There's a whole character progression thing with the Swampert, frankly a really odd situation that turns out to have a happy ending. At the end of the competition, the Prim Club wins the competition, but the award has been stolen by the Krogunk. Ralph, Kyle, and Boom chase afterward to get the award back. The heroes travel through a mystery dungeon chasing after the Krogunk. After traveling through the cave, they reach an underground cove and fight the Krogunk. They are successful very quickly with Boom's Oko and return with the trophy. The next day, they run through the junior surfing competition without any incident. Ralph, with a meeting at Shady Grove, plans to head out the next day, while Kyle stays back to continue the work at the Boulder Stars. This is another solo episode situation, so we'll go through each character separately. First, Ralph. Ralph wakes up the next morning, heading to the docks to travel back to Shady Grove. He also picks some flowers for snow, but the flowers turn out to be poisonous, and Ralph struggles with that throughout the trip back. Once he heads back, he also goes shopping for a few items. Eventually, Ralph reaches Shady Grove that night, and meets up with Sir Crit, chatting about some recent missions that some guild members did. Snow's been injured from a recent mission, but is doing pretty well overall. She, along with a few others, traveled to a ghost town to figure out some mysterious activity happening there, and that adventure is actually our Halloween episode, which you can find on our feed. We brought a few friends in from other shows to play this adventure, and it was a lot of fun. Snow describes the events of that journey while Ralph talks about his journey over the past few days. The next day, Ralph and Snow both head to the dojo to meet with Master Sock, but something seems odd. After some exploration, they find out that Sock is fighting our favorite rock thieves, and everyone decides to get into a big, great rumble. Just like Team Rocket, they lose, though Snow is knocked out in the process. After the fight, Ralph has his lesson for Low Sweep, and spends the entire day learning the move. Ralph and Snow have a date night, and both of them head to sleep later. Ralph, however, has a weird dream. It's a standard dream at first, but Susie appears, asking Ralph to go take care of the kid, much to Ralph's confusion. The next morning, 
Ralph heads back to Briny Breeze Island, upgraded and more powerful than ever. We also get an interesting message. We zoom in to a table in a dark room in an unknown location. There are seven regular seats, each with a golden ring on the back. At the end of the room, there is a large leather seat encrusted with gold, silver, and other jewels. A Pokemon sits at this majestic chair, speaking seemingly into the void, towards the closest chair. Uh, I expected more from you. I thought you would have been capable of dealing with two children. From the empty chair, a voice emerges. My apologies, sir, but I was not expecting to deal with more than just them. Never mind, never mind. I assume you were able to get away with something? His cap, sir. I see. And? He, at the very least, has been blessed. I can only assume that the other has as well. That... that's not possible. You're telling me that they are somewhere here? That's the only way. He is certainly not strong enough to influence the power himself. A silence is all that can be heard for one second, then two, then... You need to leave. It's unsafe for you on the island. A specific destination, sir. I'll create a distraction. Perhaps send in the trio to cause some noise. Then the kids can leave and we can look in peace. What if they find it, sir? Oh, if they find the egg? We take it from them. By any means necessary. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kyle's adventure has been slightly different. He wakes up in the morning planning to explore the town and gain some info. He's also going to pick up a package for Carlos Costa. Kyle reaches a cartographer's office and picks up a map. While here, he also meets Indy the Fanfi, who chats with him about the exploration that Indy mentioned previously. After some discussion, Kyle decides to join Indy on his journey the next day. Kyle's daily tasks lead him to assist some shops in the area, and he overhears information about a character named Pearl, a smart but somewhat inattentive Pokemon that used to talk about meeting legendary Pokemon when they lived on the island. They, however, moved out years ago to New Shimmer City on the mainland in the Lux State. Later that day, Carlos Costa and Kyle head to a cave as Kyle asks for adventuring advice. According to Indy, Carlos was a legend before becoming a guildmaster, famous for his speed in missions. With a move, Shell Smash, Carlos becomes a mission-solving fiend. The next day, Kyle meets Indy and heads to a mysterious spot in the middle of the ocean. As they get closer, Kyle begins to feel something odd. Everything in his mind is saying to turn back, and both Indy and Kyle fight that impulse to turn around and flee. Once they reach a large rock in the middle of the ocean, the noise disappears, and both Indy and Kyle dive into the water, discover an underwater cave, and begin to explore. With only a limited amount of time to explore, however, it's important that they try to find what they're looking for quickly. Exploring this dungeon gives them luck, however, and they find a large chest that they bring back to the Boulder Stars Guild. When they open the chest, they find a blue Pokemon egg. There's also another message. We zoom into a cave entrance where four Pokemon sit. As we get closer, we see who these four Pokemon are. An Alakazam, an Arcanine, a Vanillite, and a Quagsire. 
Each of them sits close to a fire that Arcanine tends to, though Vanillite sits a bit further back. Glad we got out of there in one piece. Personally, not a big fan of the whole monster house thing, even if it is good experience. Are you kidding? Monster houses are perfect for big loot, like what we got. Have you been able to open the chest yet, Adam? I've solved the lock, but it seems that we need to inflict status conditions on the box, if that makes any sense. Yeah, makes sense, especially based on the dungeon we were in. I've still got stun spore on my fur, so I can burn the lock and maybe Isaac can freeze it. Makes sense to me. The Arcanine and the Vanillite both step towards the lock on the chest, as the Quagsire takes a step back. Then, a ferocious flame, followed by a cool beam of ice, hit the lock, causing it to change color, then break. Perfect. Let's see what's inside. As the four Pokémon gather around the chest, the Alakazam opens it and finds a very old piece of parchment. Uh, I know I'm the new guy, but I'm pretty sure that wasn't what we were expecting, was it? Nope, but it might be even better. What we've got here is the key. The key to what? This, my friends, is the key to finding the legendary items. All of them puzzled, but accessible to us. We can tell Ralph and Kyle about this, and then all of us can- Suddenly, a loud noise bursts from outside of the cave. Uh, I'll explain later. Let's head back to the base, quick, before they find us. Where did they go? Where are they? Come back with my guide. We turn towards the noise, only to see a bright yellow flash of light from the entrance, and a popping sound from behind. When we turn around, the four Pokemon are gone. The embers of the fire flicker, then vanish. Ralph has returned and is heading to the store to go shopping for a few items. Then, Ralph returns to the Boulder Stars and meets up with Kyle. They share their recent adventure with each other, with both of them semi-surprised about the other's events. They decide to meet with someone on the island to discuss taking care of an egg, and things they need to know about the whole egg-raising process. They meet up with a Chansey running a daycare in the city and learn more about the egg process, from the beginning to the hatching to the taking care of the baby. They end the episode with some mission stuff. Frankly, this episode was a lot of updates to the system and characters as a whole, which is why there isn't too much action. The next morning, Ralph and Kyle wake up and start looking for a way to get moving. In their opinion, they've been at the Boulder Stars for long enough and it's time to go looking for either recruits or legendary items. After a bit of searching for missions, they eventually find out that Ralph's baseball cap has been seen leaving the island, presumably with the Zoroark in tow. Ralph and Kyle, after some last-minute preparations, head out to chase after the Zoroark, who's leaving by boat. They are also given a package from Carlos Costa to give to the governor of the Lux State, as a sort of excuse to head to New Shimmer City and chase after the Zoroark. They also meet up with Duo the Ambipom and do a quick checkup on the egg. Both Ralph and Kyle depart on the boat and head to the Lux mainland before walking a certain amount of the trip. They also learn some information about the New Shimmer City, the trip to the city, and a bit more about the other guilds in the region. The next morning, they reach a small village and depart to begin their walking adventure. As they reach the small village, um, well, okay, vill village is a strong word, there's one house in the area, they both notice a house that looks abandoned. Ralph decides to check out the house and bust down the door to find things inside. Kyle decides to walk away from the whole situation. Ralph, after some exploration, finds a chest 
opens it, and finds some items, which he takes. After taking the items, he heads to offer Kyle some of the recently found goodies, but Kyle rejects them, angry that Ralph decided to steal items from this house. This begins a small saga of two friends not speaking to each other, as Kyle refuses to talk to Ralph for this decision. Later that night, they reach a small town, Neon, and decide to chill there for some food. After some food, and a better understanding of where exactly they are, they decide to head out, though each of them are heading at their own pace, meaning they separate on the journey for the first time. First time that it isn't a solo episode, I guess. Kyle, now basically traveling solo, and reaches a city early the next morning. He decides to get a room for a day, and rests to recover from the long trek. He'll be going on the train to New Shimmer City once he wakes up. Meanwhile, Ralph during the same time period travels for a bit of time and tries to talk to someone at a house, but no talking to strangers thanks to a bad roll, so the door slammed on his face. He continues to travel before hearing a loud noise, which is where this episode ends. Ralph, with this loud noise, finds an Alolan Executor, and it's mad. Ralph has two options, he can run or fight. He decides to fight. You can, you can tell I'm a little frustrated. This battle, frankly, was ridiculous. Let me explain what happened in this battle, okay? So, first, the Alolan Executor has advantage in this whole battle as a whole, so it starts warming up a solar beam. The first move, Ralph goes first, he rolls a nat 1 on a low kick, damaging himself. Then the Alolan Executor rolls a nat 1, blowing the solar beam up in its own face. Then, Ralph misses the next low kick, the Alolan Executor misses the next uproar, then, Ralph hits a low kick, which knocks out this Alolan Executor that was many, many levels above him because the solar beam blew up in its own face. Frankly, this was ridiculous, and as somebody that uh, greatly enjoys storytelling, this was great, but someone that also enjoys good roles, this was not great. And don't worry, it gets much worse later on. Ralph continues his travels and reaches a city where he immediately buys a train ticket and takes a nap in a park. In the afternoon, both Ralph and Kyle head to the train, not knowing that the other is also on the train, though Ralph is slightly suspicious of a Pokemon that looks like a Trico. They eventually reach New Shimmer City, and each head off in their own directions. Ralph heads to City Hall to deliver his package, while Kyle heads to a city office to try to find information on Pearl. Ralph's journey to City Hall ends up with him meeting the governor, a Luxray, and his two guards, two Minetric, and is able to officially deliver the message without any issue. Meanwhile, Kyle heads to the city office to try to find Pearl, but gets three different pearls. He decides to start tracking down the pearl they're looking after by going step by step through each of his pearls. Back with Ralph, the governor is looking concerned after reading the message sent by Carlos Costa. It turns out that an evil group, a terrible trio of Pyroar, Tentacruel, and Aerodactyl are heading to New Shimmer to basically become a nuisance, and someone has to stop them. That someone? The governor, as he heads out with one of his guards, Ralph following behind. Kyle is continuing to search for the legendary speaking pearl, and decides to go down his list of names. It could potentially be a Sobble, a Furret, or an Ampharos, and Kyle decides to search in that order. The Sobble and Furret turn out not to be the pearls Kyle's looking for, and as Kyle heads towards the Ampharos, he bumps into Ralph, the governor, and the guard. As everyone heads out, Ralph and Kyle notice that the city is going on lockdown in fear of the terrible trio. The governor, Manetric, Ralph, and Kyle head out of the city and find the trio, each with a golden ring on their forehead. So normally these episode summaries, I go through the episode and kind of list down step by step 
and sort of stick to the script, this one is not going to be the case. So this episode consists primarily of the battle between the antagonists of the story, which are the terrible trio, the big bad evil group, and the protagonists of the battle, in this case going to be Luxray and Minetric. So our protagonists are standing by basically watching this Pokemon who are very clearly dozens of levels higher than Ralph and Kyle. Um, so that's that's the situation here. The players, Mansoor and Muhammad, actually take control of each team and battle each other from there. So while this battle is happening, Ralph and Kyle are standing back in awe of all this raw power that's being thrown back and forth. At a certain point in the battle, the governor actually faints, and Kyle returns to the town to warn everyone and bring the other guard back. When Kyle returns, much to everyone's surprise, everyone, including ev all of us, like real-life people, Ralph is standing there victorious over the terrible trio as he was able to get the last hit on the last villain after everyone fainted honestly and i mean this sincerely this is an episode you just have to listen to in order to fully grasp how wild and frankly stupid it got to summarize uh good guys win but not quite in the way you expect uh if there's one episode that i think for entertainment purposes you have to listen to it is this episode so uh highly recommend it because frankly what <laughs> i still i still don't believe it i don't understand how that happened. Why? So, that happened. Everyone fast travels back to the governor's office late at night, and Kyle and Ralph start to head to the Ampharos' place. However, along the way, they get a notification from Adam basically summoning them to a meeting, as they've apparently got some updates. They go to the pavilion and meet back up with everyone else. Apparently, while Ralph and Kyle were doing their travels, the rest of the recruits were able to find a parchment gave the riddles for each legendary item. Out of game, Mansoor and Muhammad spent a sizable amount of the episode going through each of the riddles and trying to associate each of them with an item, then used the information to create a game plan, basically. After sharing with the group, they bounce back to the real world and head to Pearl's place. They meet Pearl, a pretty joyful if slightly ditzy Pokemon, and after a brief discussion they head to the pavilion. Some more discussion occurs, then Pearl, using a crystal ball, mentions to the group that someone wearing a baseball cap is outside of the city. That must be the Zorark. Kyle and Ralph head shopping and stack up for what will likely be a battle of some sort. They head out of the city with Pearl and move out to the outer gates. A figure appears over the horizon, the Zorark. After an anime-style face-off, the battle begins. The Zorark uses a lot of tricky methods in battle, including an item to make itself invisible and tricking teammates to attack each other. Ralph even gets knocked out. However, Kyle is able to get the final hit, and the Zorark is defeated. Kyle heals up Pearl and revives Ralph, and all seems to be well. Kyle even throws Ralph his baseball cap that the Zorark had. However, the Zorark wakes up. But it looks weird. It wakes up with yellow eyes and a ring on its forehead, looking as though it's being controlled. Some Pokemon is apparently communicating to them through the Zorark. After some choice insults hurled from the mysterious Pokemon in the background to Ralph and Kyle, the controlled Zorark does two things, rips Ralph's power band, and creates a portal that sends Ralph and Kyle into a snowy area with nothing and no one around. They've been banished into the unknown. And that is how the second arc ends. Thanks for listening to the summary episode for Arc 2, the music throughout this episode was created either by Glitch X City, Tabletop Audio, or myself. You can find links to Glitch X City and Tabletop Audio in the description of this episode. While you're down there, follow the podcast and myself on Twitter and join our Discord. We're building an amazing community that's constantly growing, and you could meet a bunch of awesome people, including the members of the show. 
Our biggest and most rewarding link, however, is our Patreon, which contains a plethora of benefits that you can take full advantage of. For as little as $1 a month, you have the power to grow not a scratch to higher and higher levels. There are a number of rewards for joining our Patreon at different tiers, including early access to episodes, special series, the ability to have your own one-shot, and more. If you're financially able, of course, and willing, we'd be extremely thankful for any support. Thank you again for checking out this summary episode. I've been your PM, DM, GM, Anaru himself. And until next time, take care.